Welcome to the Ponder Anew podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Mayalis, and in this podcast, we ponder anew the ancient stories of Scripture. And in these weeks leading up to Christmas, uh, sometimes called Advent, we're doing a mini-series on the names of Jesus, because the names of Jesus tell something about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. I want to admit, last episode, I probably was a little bit too uh, cerebral, uh, a little bit too into linguistics. Um, hopefully, again, the, the point was clear that uh, Jesus uh, is the Messiah, is the Christ, and that this is a term of, of profound and ancient hope. But again, this week, I want to take it a bit more down-to-earth, and for that, we have a down-to-earth name, which is Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And so we're going to, again, reflect a bit more in this podcast where the rubber meets the road and what it means for us that, that God is with us. So without further ado. This week's podcast is a little bit different in that it was recorded before a live audience. It comes from uh, our, our midweek uh, evening prayer in which I took up the question, a good question asked by one of my coworkers, whether uh, suffering is necessary for faith, which question for, to ponder, is suffering necessary for faith? And, and my answer, I really then am going to lean into uh, the name of Jesus, Emmanuel. So a little bit different in that this podcast was recorded before a live audience, but my sense is that that hopefully makes it richer. But let me know if somehow that got in the way of, of hearing the content. Is suffering necessary for faith? Is suffering necessary for faith? And theoretically... I want to say no, because I don't want to put any limitations on God's love, on God's working of salvation. I'd, if there was anything necessary uh, for faith, I would just want to say uh, God's love coming to us in the word. But practically speaking, I, I wonder. I wonder because so often in life, it is in the difficult times that we are forced, challenged to turn to God in prayer and to discover anew God's abiding presence with us. As my father-in-law has said, the mountain, the mountaintops are really good for the views, but the fruit trees grow in the valley. So theoretically, I want to say no, suffering is not necessary for faith, but I think in the lived experience of uh, we who are Christians, we have discovered that it's often in those really hard and difficult times that we discover God's presence with us in powerful ways. I'd like to reflect with you on the name Emmanuel. Now, I covered this a little bit at the end of Sunday's sermon, but I want to go uh, more in depth about it. And Emmanuel means God is with us. And I want to point out three times in Matthew's gospel where this name is used or Jesus receives this name. And I want us to think about each one of these uh, three times and, and how at first they seem like they're in good times, 
but actually Jesus talks about himself as God with us in really challenging times. And the first is that reading from the early part of Matthew's gospel where the angel says, you shall bear a son. He's, this is the quote from, from Isaiah. And you shall name him Emmanuel, which Isaiah tells us is God with us. And generally, we have sentimentalized the Christmas story. So uh, the, the key example of this is the second verse of Away in a Manger, where it talks about little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. There are only two conditions which a baby is not crying. It is being nursed, or it is asleep for approximately 12 and a half minutes at a time. Otherwise, it's crying, right? I mean, you know, having a baby, as it turns out, is, is hard work. Um, my wife can tell you I was a professional helper, a coach of her, you know, but no, really. It's, it's not easy. And the whole thing, the uncertainty, the morning sickness, the stress of having to travel to Bethlehem, the, the dealing with Joseph and Mary of what does this mean for them? Would they, could they both stay together? And then after it's, it's done, these mysterious visitors come uh, from afar and they're bearing strange gifts, the last of which is embalming perfume, myrrh. And then they say the king is going to kill your child. And so there's a dream and Joseph has to leave for the, for the sake of keeping Jesus alive. And then they have to live in Egypt for two years. That hardly seems like the theme song of that part of Joseph's life would be God is with us. And I wonder, in fact, how many times Joseph had to cling to that word of promise that the angel gave him. Because at that point, faith was not sight and had to discover in the midst of all of that heartache that indeed God was with him. And perhaps it's a humbling reminder as we begin to think about Christmas that our Christmases are likely not going to go perfect. The first one wasn't perfect either. And God still shows up. God still promises to be present with us. The second uh, time we hear about God being with us in the Gospel of Matthew is when Jesus says, if two or three are gathered in my name, behold, I am with you. And that sounds really good, right? That sounds like a page-a-day calendar kind of verse. And it's often used by pastors to justify, well, as long as there's three people in this Bible study, you know, we can keep going for it. But if, but if you read where that comes from in Matthew's Gospel, the larger chapter is all about how to deal with church conflict. It's, it's really Jesus giving a manual of how to work through church conflict. This congregation does not have a lot of conflict, so I want to be careful of what I'm about to say. But that is it. I have been through a fair amount of church conflict in my life. It is not particularly fun. Right? And in fact, if, if you're at a church on a Wednesday night, you've probably been around church long enough, you've too been through church conflict. It's not fun. It's not fun. And in fact, a lot of those times when we walk away discovering that people that we thought we had some of the deepest kinship with, that we profoundly disagree with them, or that we're just, just sort of struck by how they would confess one thing and act another way, it is so hard. Yet that's actually when Jesus reveals and says, in the midst of all of that conflict, Jesus says, that's when I'm with you. 
The last time that Jesus talks about being with his disciples is at the very end of the gospel. He calls them all together. There's the Great Commission. And then the very last thing of Matthew's gospel is, I am with you. The very end, Jesus finally accepts the name Emmanuel. And it sounds really good, like all the disciples are together, resurrection, like this is it. But if we really start to think about it, okay, the disciples have just witnessed a Roman execution of him in crucifixion. They're there. They're not sure what to make sense of it. Matthew even says some of them are doubting. And then Jesus says, okay, well, now that we've been through all that, I want you to go to the furthest corners of the world, out of your comfort zone, where people aren't like you, and I want you to tell them about me and make them disciples. That hardly seems like kicking back with a glass of an Arnold Palmer and watching the sunset comfortably. Jesus is challenging them, commanding them to leave their comfort zone. So what do we see here? Again and again, whenever Jesus talks about him being with us and this promise, it's, it's not in a time of comfort. It's in a time of being unsettled, displaced, being challenged, experiencing suffering and heartache, the reality of sin in our own hearts and in others. But like I said, this is something that Jesus will only accept this title, Emmanuel, at the very end. And why is that? Why does Jesus not accept this at first? Well, it's because in order for Jesus to truly be God with us, Jesus had to suffer and die. And throughout the gospel, the temptation, the temptation of, for Jesus is, is always to avoid the cross. Right? All the kingdoms in the world, Jesus, you can have them now. If you're the Messiah, come down from that cross. Peter to Jesus, you don't have to do this. Again and again, the temptation is for Jesus not to have to go to the cross. But Jesus won't do that. Jesus knows that the cross is necessary to finally get rid of that barrier of sin and death between us and God to, to experience suffering and betrayal, anxiety, loneliness, and even death so that Jesus can say to us fully that wherever we have been, he too has been that he is always God with us. So then I'll sort of conclude my reflection on Emmanuel with a bit of, of law and a bit of gospel and a word of challenge and then a word of grace. And the word of challenge is that I think just as Jesus is challenged to be Emmanuel, to be God with us without the cross, so too we as followers are, are tempted to want Christianity without the cross to want discipleship, again, without that challenge, without that reality of suffering. And so if you find yourself this uh, holiday season in a time of relative of ease, again, drinking your Arnold Palmer's, watching the sunsets, um, then I would, I would challenge you to ask yourself, who, who in your world is somebody who, who is going through a really hard time? Who, who in your world is bearing the cross? because of a diagnosis, because of a job setback, because of struggles with addiction, um, be, because they're a refugee, uh, whatever it is, who is it in, in your life that is, is experiencing the cross? And how might 
God be calling you to be God's presence in their life? But then again, this word of promise for us that is constant throughout Matthew's gospel, it was also in Psalm 46 when you heard it. God is our very present help. When? In the time of trouble. And so if you find yourself this season in a time of trouble yourself, in a time of feeling overwhelmed and, and not quite sure, not feeling overwhelmed every day by God's presence, know that God indeed is with you. For God has always chosen in Jesus Christ to be with us in challenge and heartache and suffering, sin, and even death. Bye.